Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you're tuning in to us from. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Tech Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage and on to today's episode and when I say a very good morning afternoon or evening I truly mean it on today's episode uh, because Mr Richard Green joins us from Los Angeles California good morning to you Richard uh, happy Halloween it's uh, the madness has already started it's 10 uh, 20 a.m and we've got, we've got dragons and all sorts of wildness going on here today. It's going to get worse as the day goes on, no Absol- doubt. Absolutely. Great reference point, uh, Richard, because, um, yeah, we, we pre-record these. So anybody who's tuning in maybe later on down the line, we're recording this on the 31st of October on Halloween. Morning for Richard, late afternoon stroke, early evening for me. So, And I'm doing them from home today. So if there's sort of That's any bangs better. on the door and people <laughs> uh, furiously demanding sweets, I've turned the front lights off. Nobody can see that I'm in the house at the moment. There will be no sweets given given out from this Scrooge tonight, unfortunately, everybody. So (laughs) on we go with today's episode. For those of you who have not come across Richard before, Richard is the CEO and founder of Event, E-V-V-N-T.com, a company that helps organizers market their events by amplifying them through thousands of uh, other sites. Um, I suppose, Richard, then uh, where we should really start is is, um, the concept of event itself. And when we say it helps people market by amplifying through other sites, just give us a, a brief idea of, of, of how easy it is for an event to, to utilize your particular platform? I think if you, where it started was we were looking to produce affordable event marketing uh, as a service. Mm-hmm. When we looked at what event marketeers did to market an event, they went to listing sites, calendars, and they yep. submitted events. And it's a really, it's a really, as you can imagine, it's a really crap job. Uh, what we did is we aggregated every event listing site worldwide we have about 96% of the global listing market. <clears throat> and our ambition was to, from a single ad event form, distribute and publish a customer's event on as many listing sites as possible, mm. not only to get in front of the communities on those sites, but also to have an impact into Google. And I think when you look at a local event today that's submitted through our platform, gets syndicated to all those relevant listing sites based on category and location, uh, what happens is that content indexes somewhere between 30 and 70% first page of Google, pages two, three, four, and five. Yeah. And we think that's valuable. And we know that's valuable because today, a stat that really blows me away is that 86% of people looking for events start with a Google search. And by using the event platform, we put your events very prominently into Google search. We, we think that's a valuable and that's, that's how the event platform delivers its service today. It strikes me there then it's a twofold um, benefit then because uh, if, if, if somebody was going to be sat in an office and given the task of adding their event to loads and loads of different listing sites or uh, you know, other places that they could promote their event, A, it's going to be really time consuming. It's B, it's going to be an absolute minefield because where do you start with something like that? You know, which sites are the ones to go for? You know, yeah. if somebody was to realistically entertain you know, adding manually adding their event listing onto all of the sites that you guys have got access to, it really would take not just hours, not just days, but weeks and months to do that. Um, The second thing is, as you point out, is that by putting it onto the sheer volume of sites that you guys do, it has an organic impact on Google, doesn't it? Rather than the impact that paid for advertising would have. Yeah, it's an organic, it's an organic placement. Um, There's lots of benefits, I think, but I think fundamentally, 
most customers never see the value of the time save because they have the time or they have someone doing it. But I'll give you an example. In, we, we range from comedy clubs in Clapham through to uh, Manford events up in Manchester. But I think what, what's interesting is if you compound all the benefits together, you, you get real value there. And I think the primary is the distribution. Yeah. Uh, the time save, people don't really see. But interestingly, in one conference company, they had five people full-time posting content onto listing sites. You know, that's, that's a lot of money. That's nearly a quarter of a million pounds just to have people sitting at desks doing that. And the one thing that I think most customers love is the fact we deliver a per event report. We mm -hmm. show them exactly where we've put their information. We provide a live link to show them it physically live on those sites. And every single site which we put live, we have a tracking link and we can track customers that leave the listing site and end up on the event organizer's registration or ticking booking page. So I think the time save, I thought that was the major driver, but actually I think it comes down to not only the time save, the reporting and the accountability to the service delivering value. I think that's really where we caught the eye of the market. Mm. When, you, when it comes to the, the tracking side of things and, and tracking the, the impact and the positive impact that certain sites have had for any one particular client as an organization do you then also monitor which sites are having the best impact consistently for lots and lots of different clients so that you know which ones perhaps need to come off because presumably if you've got dead wood on there you don't want that on there if you if you're listing on sites that are consistently not bringing any results for your clients do you keep them on there do you persist with them or do you say look they're having no impact let's just get rid of them it's an interesting question one i've not been asked before and interestingly in our system day one we built a way of uh, we actually have a, um, a rating system in the back office that looks at when we send content to a listing site, do they put it live? And that, mm -hmm. they get graded on that. If it's live, does it deliver any customer traffic from the site? And I think that's important. Do we get the, the listing up? And if we get it up, does it deliver any customers? Mm -hmm. And that grading system does exist. However, what's interesting about events is they come and go all the time. Every event is different. And they're so varied in terms of the consumer appeal. Like if you go to a comedy event today, you're not going to want to go tomorrow. You might want to wait a month or a couple of months. Mm -hmm. A conference is once a year. It can be in different locations. I think it doesn't matter how hard you try and drill down to being the best listing sites to deliver the best value. An event is predominantly uniquely different based upon the time, the date, the location, and the context. And even if the context is identical week to week, month to month, the consumer who's looking is different as well. So as much as I'd like to tell you there's a real hard science behind which sites work, our, at the end of the day, our model is that we get you on all sites for the mm. same fee as if you were to go on specific sites. And it allows all sites to have a fair play to deliver the value. And there is sites that predominantly do deliver more value for certain customers in certain verticals. Mm. But I would strongly say I, we kind of de-risk that need to only be on certain sites by making sure customers are on all sites. Sure. And I think you can't devalue the fact that on, on all of the sites, there is by default an audience, a community. Uh, yeah. It just so happens that if you want the, the inside track on it, it just so happens that most of the traffic comes from sites that index well into Google. Yeah. The sites that don't index well into Google don't make the first page when someone's searching and don't capture the customer that ends up going through that tracking. So that's how we know which, like Time Out London, 6 million unique users, 86% of traffic on that site is from a, from a search result. Mm. And reality is the reason they deliver so much value into the, into the event space is that they do a really good job of indexing their content into yes. Google. And you could imagine some sites, local sites, 
comedy, Birmingham local sites might not have the same uh, budgets to get that Google indexing working. But it's, there is a lot of science in our business, but to some extent, we kind of de-risk it by submit once everywhere. And we let the consumer and uh, search market kind of define the output. So every event is unique. It's hard to give you a definitive on that. And, and, and I suppose without sounding like I'm sat here bigging you up too much, what, what, that, what that does give you for, uh, uh, in essence, by the sounds of things, is that, you know, a small, a relatively small event organiser who is hosting, let's say, uh, and use the comedy night example, is hosting a comedy night in their venue in uh, Manchester, um, yep. is getting as much impact via event as a huge sort of multi-billion dollar you know trade show that's coming to you to say look we want to list our event on your platform as well and, and can you help us you know it, there's a bit of parity there isn't it irrespective of the size of event and the size of organization that you're working for you're giving those two organizations the opportunity to go to exactly the same audience it is and, and that's that's the bit that excited me about event when we put it together was the ability to provide that power if i was to say to you today if you were O2 marketing your mobile business and you were to go to an agency and ask for a way of marketing to targeted users in an environment to get the first page of Google to be on mobile, those things targeted to get local, mm. they, those things cost a huge amount of money. And when I think about what we charge, and you're right, the power of our service is the same for Financial Times or The Economist who use us for conferencing all the way down to Manford's comedy. Mm. Uh, but the difference is, you know, we try to make it affordable. I know that we can't charge our service to a pub in Birmingham at a thousand pounds. It's just, it's just unreasonable. So when we think about pricing, we try and get the price in a, in, a, in a point that's affordable. Like if you look at comedy, if you're on a subscription plan and you're using our service today for comedy, we charge around 20 to 25 pounds to promote the event. Mm -hmm. An average comedy event, if marketed well, will get someone to, to say they want to go. They, on average, take four people with them. And roughly, they spend about £60 each in terms of the ticket, the food, and the drink. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a night out in comedy. So straight away, £240 back on a £25 spend, it's affordable. So yeah, the, 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 the marketing reach and power is the same for everyone. The price points we try and make affordable into regions and markets. Uh, but the impact of the service is very much around the communities on listing sites, organic search, mobile, and we drill into the categories and the location. For me, and in the States, it's getting, you know, I'm in the US right now, we're launching with newspapers where we're adding to that, print, and we're also moving data into voice search. So not only are the events online, but they're actually on a print newspaper every week. And they're also, if you were to go in your car and your Tesla and you were to say, what's on around me, it will tell you the events that have been processed through our platform. So my, my opinion is that consumers are looking for information everywhere and we're an everywhere information company and if i can get your event everywhere in your locality if you know if you're looking to go to a comedy night in manchester i want to make sure that wherever you go listing sites the newspaper voice search mm. google i want to make sure that that comedy night that's available on that day at that time in your location is is visible to you to be able to make a good decision to attend oh. and i don't think discovery channels event listing sites stand alone today do a very good job of that but i think having information everywhere means that consumers can 
can make better decisions about attending events. And that's how we come at it. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, information everywhere and, and, and what consumers are wanting and demanding and how they're searching for, you, you mentioned they're going in your Tesla, sitting in your Tesla and then asking what events are on around me. And, and one thing that immediately sprang to mind was something I've noticed on BBC Radio very, very recently over here in the UK, um, and particularly on BBC Radio 2, um, that they have certain stings and little things that they say regularly that all the presenters have to say whether or not it's the phone number to phone in or the text number or the website or the iPlayer. And they'll say it's online, it's on digital and on your smart speaker now they've added. Yeah, and it's something, cool, isn't it? yeah. something, and I noticed it, and it's clearly, clearly been changed deliberately because of the impact of the amount of smart speakers that are now available in people's homes. They've gone right. Okay, wait a second. We need to promote the fact that people can search for us on their smart speaker as well as those other platforms. They're evolving with the times, and that's because people are now searching for things differently. You know, we would tap on our phone. Then we would ask Siri, now we've got a speaker set in our kitchen where we're asking Alexa or whoever it may be to assist us. And um, yeah. th that really all feeds back into what you were saying there about this absolute necessity for events uh, and anything to be listed in any sort of digital platform that, that, that could potentially help find them or, or that consumers could use to find them. Well, I can, I, can, I can really explain that story very quickly for you. There's an evolution in technology. When I, when I first joined eBay back in 2000, <clears throat> the internet via a desktop or a mobile penetration was around 92%. Mm -hmm. By the time I left eBay three years later, 56% of people were using the internet via a mobile device. Yeah. So mobile became a big deal. And today we all appreciate that there's more people on a mobile than there is on a desktop generally because it's with us every day. Yeah. In the US, which is a, an, you know, an advanced market, they predict voice to be bigger than mobile. And the reason why I believe that is because my daughter's two years old. She can't read, she can't type, but she can get up in the morning, press a button, speak to Siri, and get Peppa Pig delivered instantly <laughs> via her tablet. Yeah, yeah. And if the future of, if the, future of the planet is, is the young, the youth of today, well, the youth are actually learning how to use voice before they learn how to use a mobile, before they learn to use a desktop tablet computer. Mm. So that's, that's the future. Yeah. And if the future, is, 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 if, if the future are those kids, then the world is going to start to deliver their internet experience and their information yeah. through voice. And they're going to be speaking to their phones. They're going to be speaking to their headsets. They're going to be speaking to their cars. They're going to be speaking to their, 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 their scooters that they're jumping on. Do you know, it's like... You're right, I yeah. I see that. It's bringing it down to the base level of intuition um, in some respects. You know, you, like you said, you had to type into a search, you know, using a keyboard into a search bar um, in order to find your website. Then we had tablets and smartphones come along where you could interact with the screen, which brought it down to... Another an level, it's easier. Yeah, an, another level, an easier, more accessible level of intuitive interaction where you could pinch, you could scroll, you could do whatever yeah. you wanted to do, which is why suddenly kids became really adept at using iPads at a young age because they could just do it intuitively. And like you said, this is bringing it down once again to the most basic level of human intuition, which is speaking, you know. And then the scary bit is I was in a conference in New York last week and they're talking about AI. Before I get to that point, when you think about the discovery, if you think about the process to buy a ticket today for Bruno Mars at the O2, 
you go online, you search, you get your mobile app, you search, you find a ticket, you buy a ticket, you put your card in, you, you're through. When I talk to Jeremy Mims, who's leading something called Spoken Layer in the US for voice, and we work with those in terms of delivering events content to Spoken Layer to get into voice in local markets, mm-hmm. his story is that someone asks, what are local events on around me today? That system then says, well, there's a comedy event on tonight at the, at the local, local theatre. Yeah. It goes, yeah, I'll, is, can, you, can, can you get me two tickets? The response is yes. Two tickets are going to cost you £30. Would you like me to use your Apple Pay? Yes. That's been purchased. The tickets are in your inbox. Have a lovely evening. There's the future of buying a ticket on voice. However, when I look at the market, you know, we're, st- we're always trying to catch up. AI is now coming into place to the extent where if, if your Alexa knows that you ask for comedy tickets every four weeks, in theory, you'll get home from work. You'll walk in the house. Alexa, turn the lights on. Alexa, put my favorite music on. And Alexa will say, hey, you've not been to a comedy event in over four weeks. You normally do go. There's a comedy event on near you. Would you like to go? So I think if you think about, it's not long ago we were writing and then typing, then mobile, as you mentioned. We're now getting into voice. But actually, I think voice and AI are going to start to become very prominent in our world. Mm. Event discovery is something we ask for. But a lot of the things that we ask for, I think AI and voice is going to be delivering us information that we just... We, were, we forgot about things that we want. To, you, want you know, it's the time to go to the dentist. You want me to book that appointment, making you more organized by knowing your habitual habits and delivering that mm-hmm. back. As scary as that is, that's where the world is going. That's where Google, Facebook, the, the, the big companies out there are investing in being able to communicate with you, understand you as a human being and deliver information to you before mm-hmm. you even thought about it. And that, as scary as that is, that, that's the way the world's going. Mm. Just, just to sort of, uh, uh, you know, without, without sounding like we're dwelling on it too much, when we look at other platforms out there, and um, I'm going to use examples like uh, Apple Music, like Spotify, like Amazon Music, um, music streaming platforms, that as, as technology like this develops, what we see is integration with multiple platforms coming together because they realize immediately, right, well, Sonos, for example, yeah, they make great home speaker systems, but everybody's now using an Alexa smart speaker. So what we really need to do is we need to integrate that into our devices. We need to make sure that somebody can add their Spotify account into our device, which can then subsequently integrate with Alexa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, How much contact have you had as an organization with some of those streaming companies and tech companies in respect of your own offering to say, you know, here's what we can do and here's a potential time because somebody who's listening to, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen every day of the week for seven hours a day via their Spotify account and smart speaker. Presumably they're a great target person for when he comes to town to sell sell tickets. Um, And I know that's a big example and a big name to pull out, but you know, you uh, perhaps understand sort of the theory I'm trying to, trying to get across here. Yeah. You're really talking about the data mining side of it. I think um, we're not quite there. You've got to remember if you ask me to uh, put together a, a syndication of tools to get you to, to hotels or airlines, that technology is in place. Yeah. If you think about event listing sites, they go as, de- as, as deep as private blogs, small community event sites. We as a company are investing in accessing, integrating, and working with event listing sites. The technology that's allowing that to, to, to happen when you submit an event to our platform, the technology that distributes your content isn't us using a third-party service. 
We're not mapping over the Orange network to get your phone to work for Vodafone or the O2 network. We're not sharing any networks. Our technology that allows syndication is built by event. In the US, we just signed a deal with Gatehouse Media. We're now providing events, discovery, plugins, calendars to newspapers in the US, and we, we just launched with another 500. I think our biggest challenge to date has been about building the ability to distribute and syndicate events out. Mm -hmm. As part of getting that data out, we're also now making our forms available in new markets. We're now live in Arizona, we're live in Texas, Austin. We power a number of sites uh, across the US, UK, and uh, global. And we're starting to allow local users to submit content into our system and our data, our data information starting to grow. We have integrations with Ticketmaster and Eventbrite. We think that's smart, not only to get content out, but also to get content in. Mm -hmm. But I think we still need to do another, we've still got a bit more time before we get to a, a company size of data that allows us to understand what consumers' habits yeah. are and needs are. And I think, I think also as well, I always laugh when you think about technology. I'm, I'm a bit slow. I'm a slow adopter. <laughs> uh, I, I, I prefer to see who the market leader is before jumping on the trend. And I always laugh. If you go into New York or any hotel in the world, there's always that Bose uh, speaker in the room that has that old docking system that's not for the phone that you've got. It's for the original Apple. <laughs> yeah, Remember the, the big yeah, long... The, the huge multi-pin uh, Yeah, it's that, that one, isn't it? And I always, I always laugh when I walk into hotel rooms and see that speaker because I want to put my phone on it. I just want to listen to music. But the early, they, they, they adopted too early onto a, onto a system that just was not going to last the test of time. But it's mm -hmm. a great speaker and a great company. They just got it wrong. They just came in too early. And I think it's, it's very expensive to get it wrong in the tech world. And also the tech world moves very quickly. Mm. Uh, I can tell you today of three and a half thousand, four thousand event listing sites. And that includes apps like Facebook events and Google events. You as a user don't have those apps on your phone. Most people don't have a events discovery app on their phone. So I know the industry at large is broken. I know that we're building an infrastructure and we're thinking about how to improve the way content's found by consumers. Mm. But in terms of that piece, which you're talking about, which is really getting really good and smart information to a consumer through the channels that they're engaged with, I think that's something I'm, I'm personally really thinking about and I'm making sure event is ready to opt to maximize on an opportunity that will arise around delivering a consumer to consumer, a consumer to business event experience. Sure. But I just don't think the technology is there now. When I think about a change that you can relate to, the fitness industry was desperate for some sort of way of mapping their technology yeah. to fitness. And the moment they produced the Apple Watch that counts the heartbeat that you can run with, I think that the technology enabled fitness to be better and the connectivity worked. And I think in the event space, there's something missing because there's 4,000 event listing sites that no one really uses. Google have to get you there. There's something missing between consumers and event awareness. We're kind of the placebo fixing the gap right now by getting content everywhere as a service. But I think in terms of bringing consumers directly to uh, events, marketeers and making that work, mm. there's something broken. And if, if, if you haven't got Facebook's event app on your phone, which I bet you haven't, and if you haven't got the Google events app on your phone, which I know you probably don't, it gives you an example of if these multi-billion dollar companies can't deliver events discovery, there's no point us trying.
but there's yeah. some something will change in the market and the yeah. moment i see that because i'm waiting i'm watching and it might be voice it might be a piece of tech uh it might be a ticketing system it, as soon as that happens i'm we're really waiting to be able to deliver that synchronization i personally think it's going to be voice that's my opinion but Mm. And I suppose that the irony is, is that, that, that a lot of these platforms are where, you know, where you may go on to search for events are ultimately powered by just doing Google searches themselves. You know, you'll, you'll go onto a website <laughs> that, 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 that claims to be, you know, a, a, a library and a, an encyclopedia and a directory of events. And you type into their search bar the type of event that you're looking for. And all they're doing then is, is, is searching Google and then bring it back up on their own website. Um, yeah. you know, so, so you may as well cut out the middleman at that point and go straight to Google and do, and it comes back to that human intuition, doesn't it? And what people have become used to. And you could probably analyze it for hours and hours and hours to try and understand why we've done that. But the reality is people want to find something, they quickly whip their phone out of their pocket, open a browser, go to a Google page and type it in. Yeah, and they're not going to page two. And they don't go to page two. If it's not there, bang, at the start, what most people do instead of flicking to page two, they tap back on the search box, delete the search and type in a slightly different variation of the original search. See what then comes up on page one of the, the renewed search. It's, it's a funny way that a funny habits that we've got into, but they are the reality of the habits, aren't they? And, and I suppose in some respects you have to accept those realities and then just say, right, how do we make that work to our, to our advantage? Yeah. I think, you know, you can, you can, you can work with the flow of the river and you can change the flow of the river, but you can't move it in a direction that it's not, it's not destined to flow at the end of the day the flow is there mm. and you know consumers today use google uh, they're using you know search voice search mobile search web search to find information and i think if you think about the event business is really focused around that uh, we have one of the best data collection forms on the planet for an event we know that because we work with over 4,000 calendars to make sure we can fill them out so we know we've got a good data collection form when we collect that data and we're quite you know you're about to put your event on 70 listing sites is the data you're supplying good enough do you want to write a bit more is there anything else you want to say the moment they complete that form once they snap a button and we syndicate it everywhere mm. that content is critical for, for search to work. Yeah. You know, I had an event come through a few months ago and the event was, title was car boot sale, summary was car boot sale, description was car boot sale, and hashtag was car boot sale. And the location was Blackpool. And this guy, you know, this guy paid 70 pounds to promote a, a car boot sale. Like, you know, and I'm like looking at it going, it doesn't matter how much money you give me at that point. I can't help <laughs> it's it. Very, there's very little you can do. <laughs> yeah. The only hope that I've got is, the, is he's the only car boot sale guy in Blackpool that's trying to market his event. So by default, we're going to win that story for well, it. it. It wasn't David Schwimmer, but was it? Because it, he was apparently <laughs> spotted in Blackpool uh, just a couple of weeks ago. People may want to get onto Google to, to find that one if, uh, if you're not aware of it. Oh, mate, I, I literally looked at that, you know, I pride, I pride myself on taking high quality data, syndicating it, indexing it, and getting consumers through to a, a checkout. And when something like that comes through with, with, with money attached, I just sit there and shake, and, you know, and just shake my head. Because if the, if, the, if the guy had literally wrote and written a good description, a good title, putting some text 
about what he was trying to achieve, the moment I dis dis uh, disseminate that, the moment I syndicate that out, the organic indexing of that content from, from that person going, car boot sale, Blackpool, uh, Saturday, Black, you know, just all of those different keywords that we know that we do. Every time the change is in there, as long as it's car boot sale, Blackpool, with some, as long as those differentials keep staying the same because you're trying to find a car boot sale in, say, Blackpool, yeah. the moment you keep changing all those differentials, we've got 40, 50 pages all fighting to give you the same result. So the organic result for me is the best. Paid search, you've got to know all the keywords that your consumer is going to write. But if you do a really good organic page of content, you just got to let Google do its job. And that's what I love of, of search. If you collect great information for an event, which we do, if you syndicate it onto 40, 50, 60 listing sites, there's an audience there. There's a community on those sites by category location. But more importantly, if someone does a voice or web search, those pages will be delivered back really cleanly and fluidly based on the variation of the consumer's keywords. And the end result is that event discovery works. Event mm -hmm. discovery is Google search in our world. And at the end of the day, if we can get consumers to find local events, it's affordable to market those events. And if we get events from the 60% capacity, which we know is the normal, to 100% or even 90% capacity, then we're, we're, we're making a difference in the event space. And that, that's, you know, that's the ambition of the business. If, it, if 25 pounds gets you another 30, 40% capacity to a full event, you're not only happy, but you're probably making more money. And I think that's, that's where we focus our attention. And that's why we're on it. At the, uh, before we came on air today, uh, on today's podcast, um, Richard said to me, I bet you at any point, at some point we will hear a Harley Davidson <laughs> rev. As it was. <laughs> and bingo, absolutely. To the, to the second, as we draw to the conclusion of today's episode, Richard, there goes our Harley Davidson. <laughs> um, our guest today has been Richard Green. Richard is the CEO and founder of Event, uh, a company that helps organizers market their events by amplifying them through thousands and thousands of websites and um, Richard's over in LA at the moment no doubt doing uh, doing some business to, to, to help expand and establish event over there um, and has been good enough to take a bit of time out um, on Halloween on the 31st of October when this is recorded so I'm sort of all sorts of shenanigans going off um, off camera that we can't see at the moment that Richard there is there's to. dragons and zombies walking around at 10 30 in the morning so yeah yeah that would happen if it wasn't Halloween anyway. You're in, a, you're in the weird and wonderful uh, location of Los Angeles. Um, one thing we should ask all of our podcast guests, to do, uh, our podcast followers to do whilst, um, whilst we're on today's episode, please, please, please go to Google and type in car boot sale Blackpool and screenshot it, tweet, tweet the screenshot to at Event now. News Blog. At Event News Blog is the Event Industry News Twitter handle. Google. Car boot sale, Blackpool, take a screenshot, send it to us with a hashtag car boot sale, Blackpool. And um, let's just see what happens. Let's see if we break Twitter or break Google with people from all over the world searching for car boot sales in the north <laughs> of England. So, um, Richard, 
She's wild and wonderful. Absolutely, mate. Thanks very much for joining us on the line today, Rich. It's been, uh, been great to have your company. Um, the podcast itself is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. It brings us neatly and nicely to the end of today's episode. Thanks again to our guest, Richard Green from Event. If anybody wants to find out more about what those guys are doing and uh, speak to them in a bit more detail event.com e double v n t e v v n t.com is the website to go to our thanks again to richard and thanks for everybody that's joined the podcast today we'll see you on the next episode very goodbye to you awesome